getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. Welcome in, welcome in. It is 6.01 p.m. September 20th, Tuesday evening. It's time for an episode of Building the Broncos. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, most 99% of the time on these Building the Broncos shows, Carl the Mountain Man Dumbler. Man, that uh, that beard, I am, I am insanely jealous. Carl, I... How much you're not much older than I am. What are you like, you know, mid thirties pushing upper 36, 36. So not much older yeah. than me. I don't, it's not going to happen for me like that. I, this is, this is about <laughs> as good as I can do. So I, I guess it's the, uh, the boyish charm is with the boyish looks here, but uh, what an impressive beard not brought to you by manscape today, but I just wanted to give you a shout out here, man. The, uh, the monkey tail would be a uh, raccoon tail at this point. If you did that kind of guy going there, but uh, I digress. Enough about the beard. Um, before we even get going much further, I want to give a shout out here. First guy in here is a guy that uh, we got to give a shout out to. Patrick coming in with the Lion Coffee today. I think Carl about pooped himself today uh, when he got his uh, package from Lion Coffee. I'll let you take the floor here, but shout out to Patrick for the uh, the gear. Yeah, Patrick, man. Uh, I just want to say thank you so much. I, I had to call a bunch of people. We're going to have like a, a coffee party in my town with the coffee that you sent me because you sent me so much. I, I'm just... Uh, I'm blown away. So thank you very much. Yeah. The mug, my kids were all jealous of it. Got the lion's head on it, yeah. looking really sharp. And so they're all going, that one, I want that one. I'm like, no, that is, that's, that's poppies. Absolutely. You don't get to touch that one. So Patrick, thank you so much. Uh, I, I can't wait. I'm going to try it tomorrow. Uh, even got the vanilla macadamia nut coffee. Mm. Yeah. Never had that before. Going to try it tomorrow. It's good. I'm working my way through the uh, bags of uh, the medium roast Kona uh, whole bean. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. So good. Uh, thank you again, Patrick, man. So nice. I got the mug behind me here also. Um, uh, but, uh, we got Dave Glassman coming with the stars. Hello, Dave. We appreciate you over on Facebook. Good to see you, Dave. We got Mario Lewis also over on YouTube saying, yo, let's go Broncos. Let's get her done this week. Absolutely. Also with the, uh, all the orange and blue here coming in. We appreciate that. Dylan Varnox. I'm still bitter. Dylan was in town. We didn't hook up in Seattle there, but uh, that's okay. We'll get another chance at some point. 
Uh, it says, Sup Broncos Country. Make sure you guys hit that like button on the way in and subscribe if you haven't already. Thank you, Dylan, as always. Kevin Gray saying, what's up, Nick and Carl? Carol. It's Carol. No, Carl. Right. Uh, Broncos Country. I'll just kick back and listen and let's ride. Absolutely. Also, Patrick saying, I'm just happy that I can listen this week. It is hard to get the games on TV out here in Hawaii. Yeah, you can message me, Carl. I think I got a little, uh, I'm not going to be a proponent of, you know, the illegal streams or whatever, but you can find things out there. Um, and we yeah. got flashing in orange here. Jasmine, mile high huddle lady with a really cute picture of, uh, I'm going to say daughter here, but either way, young child. Uh, always love to see the pictures of you guys with your kids. And this one is awesome. Uh, coming in 1999 saying, all right, I'm done being down about the Broncos. Love to hear it. We're going to be real in here, but uh, done being too emotional about it saying i'm expecting them the broncos to get it together for the 49ers game i'm hoping we can score at least 20 points <laughs> me too uh jasmine me too thank you so much for the support it'd be really nice to watch a team that can put up some offensive points uh it's been a little bit painful here the last few years and that's my college fandom with my nfl fandom but what can you do uh, but this is a much tougher defense though but the broncos have left a lot of points on the field not on the board on the field so they can clean some things up this is a team that's could be working its way to an offensive explosion if they can get healthy. Naj, 1999, flashing orange again, back-to-back 1999s. We wow. appreciate you guys. Yeah, big time. Saying, hey, brothers, hope all is well. How do you see the run defense stacking up against the Niners offensive line? I think we need Josie for this one badly. Thoughts? Carl, what do you think? Yeah, Josie would be a huge help. I mean, he's one of the best run defenders on the team. Uh, the, the guys up front, that that's where the magic's going to have to happen. Uh, DJ Jones didn't have quite as good a game this last week as he did week one. So need him to, to come back. Uh, Deshaun Williams had a really bad game this week, I would say. I mean, if we're going to get to our stock up, stock down, we'll get into that later. He might be on my list as one of those guys that really has to step up. Seems like teams are really wanting to target him in the run game. Uh, Draymond, he did pretty good. Yeah, no no good. problems there. And then Corlin, or not Cortland Sutton, um, Bradley Chubb, he's got to do a little bit better holding that edge. This last week, he got sucked in on a couple of them where they beat him to the edge. And so this is one of those teams. You got to be as disciplined as ever yeah. against this run game. They're going to bring some of the most creative run uh, looks at you of any team in the NFL. And so for the Broncos to win this one, that's that's where it's going to be won or lost right there. Yeah, definitely will be big to have Josie back, getting people in the right situation. Probably going to see a lot more two linebacker sets out there. And seems like the Broncos don't really trust uh, oh my gosh, his name's escaped. Jonas Griffith right now, a lot on the field. They're taking him off the field in favor of uh, Alex Singleton, Singleton which is mm -hmm. not ideal. Uh, we'll be completely honest. Singleton's got to do a better job wrapping up, but getting Josie out there will be big. I guess, luckily for the Broncos, unfortunate for the 49ers for, as, when it comes to the run game, them losing Trey Lance definitely, I think, takes a dynamic out of their run game, which should make it a little bit easier for the Broncos on their keys. You know, you can be a little slightly less disciplined, a little bit more greedy getting after Jimmy G there. Also, I think the 49ers are, have lost two start or two of their top three running backs uh, so far this season already. Uh, so I think it's down to like Jeff Wilson and somebody else that they picked up. I haven't really started to dig totally through the 49ers roster here, but uh, we'll be interesting, yeah. but definitely I think, the, I think if last week was a must win game, Josie Jewell would have gone, but yeah. I think they had eyes on this 49ers game saying we can probably beat the Texans without Josie, Let's get him in here uh, so that way he's ready for a 49ers team where we're going to need him because not only is it the run game, it's the yards after catch weapons uh, that the 49ers are flush with. Uh, speaking of flush, Andrew Lampy getting us flush in here. 
whatever the heck that means. Uh, Denver's a few inches. Oh man, I'm getting real flush. Denver's a few inches here or there from scoring in the mid twenties. I'm not worried at all. Future is bright. Thank you, Andrew. We appreciate that. Also another shout out to Andrew with his uh, cute pick. looks like with the uh, school photos coming in here. So that's always Ooh. awesome to see. I'm not a, uh, I'm a father of pets, but I uh, always appreciate seeing you guys with the kids out there. Phil McLaughlin coming in evening, Nick and Carl and Scott first real test of the season this Sunday, go Broncos. Carl, do you agree with his last sentence sentence here? First real test of the season. I mean, the Broncos are one and one. Can, can you say that uh, after dropping the ball, the Monday night football week one? Yeah. I mean, it stinks that they gave one away that they, they should have won. I mean, yeah. they all played Seattle in that one big time. Yeah. And, you know, earlier we saw that or Lampy put out that comment about we're a few inches away from scoring in the mid twenties. He's right. Albert O getting stopped a few inches short because he ran his route just a little bit shorter of the goal line. You got Cortland Sutton this last week, not dragging that back foot. You got Eric Tomlinson the week before also catching one and just that back foot didn't quite catch the, the field. And so you're, you're inches away, which is great early in the season, inches away. Usually that turns into good in the future. You know, th- those start working themselves out. So for, for the fact that they've barely been together and they're still working through communication things and, and all that, you know, I, I think I think the best is ahead of us, which is the, the great thing ahead for us. But uh, so I, I do think this is a big test. You got, especially for the offensive line, 49ers have a great defensive line. Broncos offensive line has looked great through two weeks. Can they do it against a really, really good unit? If they can yeah. do that, you can feel really confident about this offense moving forward. But yeah, so there's going to be yeah. some different tests in this one that they haven't faced so far. Yeah, I and I know that all the numbers that keep coming out about the defense right now, I think they're like third overall in scoring defense, third in yards, fourth against the pass, fourth against the run or something like that. They have really yeah. you know top seven numbers across the board. But I remember a year ago, we were three weeks in and the Broncos offensive numbers looked like a juggernaut team. And then you found out pretty quickly it was a paper tiger unit after they went up against going to Pittsburgh to play the Steelers, Baltimore coming to Denver. I mean, it was pretty, pretty quick. It's like, Oh yeah, it was cause who we played. So I'm not saying this Broncos team can't finish as a top five unit this season, but the Seahawks with Geno Smith, the Texans with Davis mills uh, and, and you're missing Pat- Patrick Sertan. I know that you're missing Justin Simmons this last game. I know that, but still let's get a little bit more data here before we are over the top and you know, you still want to give credit to the defense because they are the reason more or less that you've won these last or you won last game and you were pretty close in the game before, I guess in the second half of the Seahawks game, but either way, um, let's see how we gather more data. The offense is going to be better than this. I think the defense is probably going to not look quite as good as this. We gather more data. Uh, Garth Knight coming in $10 super. Always good to see a Garth coming in here. We appreciate you saying, okay, I for one won't be critical until week five. You can be critical. Now there's there's nothing wrong with being critical. You just got to be, you got to back up uh, why you're critical says if things aren't a little better oiled for the road ahead by week five, I'll let loose the hack at Russ character assassination is driving me crazy. Yeah. What do you, what do you make of this? It really seems like the national media is taking a big dump <laughs> on Denver and the Broncos. What, what's up with that? I, I always hate the first couple weeks of the season because you've got all these crazy overreactions. Mm-hmm. You know, who's leading the league in passing yards right now. Oh gosh. Um, Kirk Cousins, <laughs> Jalen Hurts, Tua, Tua. Okay, that makes sense. You know who's second? Getting that just right temperature, or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today; it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. 
a better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. No idea. I think it's Joe Flacco. Okay. Hey, elite. He's John Elway was <laughs> right. right. He's in the Hashtag prime of his John career. Right. <laughs> and, and so again, you're going to have all these crazy stats that are going to kind of go one sided one way or the other. Yeah. And you got some teams that win games that probably shouldn't have won games. Uh, so I'm with you. I, I don't like the, the let's go after him after two games together. Like yeah. there's, there's still a lot of work that needs to be done. Obviously some things need to be corrected. They, they can't keep this way and expect to have a good season. That's obvious. So you could be critical of that and the fact that, yes, they do have to clean up a lot. But I don't think it's so far off that we need to sit there and say, oh, my gosh, he needs to be fired now. Russell Wilson, he's done. He's toast. All those kind of things. Like I said, we're, we're a few inches away. Uh, and I think Lampy said that earlier. We're just a few inches away on a few things from this team being like, oh, wow, they're 2-0. They've blown out two teams to, hey, we've had two close games. Yep, absolutely. Jesse coming in here with the support. Thank you so much, Jesse, on the stars. We love that saying, what's up, fellas? Broncos country, let's ride Nick and Carl. Hope all is well. What are you guys most intrigued by with the Broncos matchup against the 49ers this week? And a lot of Broncos country already moved on. I don't blame them from the Texans game. We're only on Tuesday, and we're all full steam ahead for Sunday night. Gotta love it. Uh, my big key matchups for the Broncos in this game, Javonta Williams and the Broncos run. Are the Broncos going to be not stubborn, but are they going to stick with what's working? It feels like the last couple games, there's all this narrative about let Russ cook. And that's one of the big reasons Russell Wilson came here. But right now you're specifically your pass catchers are lacking outside of Cortland Sutton. Are any of these pass catchers above league average players? I mean, Alberto Koibinam is dropping passes and he's like not a blocker, right? So like, if he's not catching passes, what are you, what is your job here? What is it? What is it you say we do, you do here? Out uh, Eric Salbert been on three or four teams now. Eric Tomlinson a good blocker, and now you're down to Kendall Hinton was on the practice squad. I mean Tyree mm -hmm. Cleveland has had what 16, 17 catches in his career to date. Outside of Cortland Sutton, your pass catching weapons are meager uh, on paper. So it doesn't mean they can't be better, but you have some concerns there outside of Cortland Sutton. So I hope that they the key here is can the Broncos be efficient in running the football because this is a tiered uh, multiple notches up defensive front that we're going against here. I mean, you mentioned some of these guys already. Nick Bosa, incredibly talented. Uh, Fred Warner, I mean, you know how much I adored Fred Warner coming out of BYU, hoping that the Broncos would take him. Ugh, one, one pick before the Broncos, they took Royce Freeman right after. What a bummer. Um, but uh, can the Broncos stick with the run, be efficient with the run, and just do what's working? 
Uh, it doesn't have to be let Russ cook. Let Russ win. That's my brand. That's what I want it to do. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll go the Broncos secondary against these great weapons for the 49ers. You know, you might be without Patrick Sertan. And uh, just to give you maybe a little foretelling of what we're going to talk about here in just a minute, I've got a couple secondary guys that I thought were some of my best players from this last game. And one of them is a rookie. Well, now you're going against some much better talent than what the the Texans could throw at you. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, Brandon Ayuk, he had a great game this last week. And he's looked really like he's taken that next step as a wide receiver. So now, can you guys keep up with these? Ronald Darby, you know, you're making some pretty good money. Had yourself a good offseason. Everybody talking about you, how good you're looking. Can you go make a play or two? You know, I think this is one of those games. The defense is probably going to have to get a turnover or two for the Broncos to win it. Yeah. And we got this one already, Scott, but thank you Garth for the $10 super. We appreciate yep. you. And as you guys know, Carl, what do you make of the money line uh, flipping here? I think it was Broncos two and a half point favorites before uh, this last week's game. Now San Francisco one, one and one and a half point favorite Broncos home dogs in primetime. Russell Wilson, historically great in those situations. Now, granted those have all been in Seattle, uh, but uh, what do you make of that, uh, that flip there and where are you hedging right now? Well, I mean, it makes sense. 49ers looked much better this last week. They look mm-hmm. like a team that's on the right path. Of course, you got Jimmy Garoppolo now playing, who's looked good for them, got him to the playoffs, even got him to the Super Bowl. And, uh, you know, they, they've just had this continuance where the Broncos are still in that learning phase. They're yeah. still trying to figure things out that it's just going to take them half a season before they really get kind of cooking, uh, if we're going to yeah. speak of Russ cooking kind of thing. But, um, so it, it just makes a little bit of sense. You know, if this was say week eight or nine, where, like I said, that's where I kind of expect this offense to really take off and see things working well, then I'd be like, what in the world are they doing? But right now it's just so hit and miss of what this offense is. You know, it, it could be the week where all of a sudden they do get those red zone touchdowns and it's a lopsided victory for the Broncos. They, they're just going to be such a variance team right now. Yeah. It's pretty hard with the weapons as injured as they are. I don't want to make excuses though. It's, George Payton's job to get the talent out there and uh, hack it and those guys, the players job to uh, execute and make it look good. Even when you got injuries happening, because that's the name of the game, but we'll see Broncos home dogs though. And Sunday night football, maybe you guys want to head over to my bookie this week to get in on the action on that Broncos game and that money line, Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert or Trevin Trevor Lawrence. It's a show of young guns versus the old guard and nothing makes these matchups more exciting than having some skin in the game at my bookie. MyBookie has super contests, survivor pools, and a double deposit bonus that gives you everything you need to secure the bag this season. Getting started is super simple. Sign up today and use our promo code Wilson22 and you'll double your first deposit instantly. Again, that's promo code Wilson22 to double your deposit up to $1,000 at MyBookie. This isn't your grandfather's bookie. This is my bookie. Put your money where your mouth is and get rewarded for it. Begin your winning season today exclusively at MyBookie by using our code Wilson22. Now let's keep it going here. I want to say hello to some folks in the chat because obviously you don't just have to have the super chats to get in here to say hello. William in here saying, hope we can keep this game close and stay in it by the fourth. Our D I trust our D I trust our offense. I don't know yet. Uh, absolutely. That's a uh, first few games. The defense has looked pretty darn good. Uh, this is a game though, Carl. I think the 49ers, obviously we're already getting ahead to the 49ers here rather than talking to the Texans, the weapons that the 49ers have. I know it's the run game with Kyle Shanahan, but it's also getting weapons in space and the yak weapons that the mm-hmm. 49ers have. I mean, they've been hunting yak guys in the draft like crazy. It's been kind of different. Some people really want the 
route runners who can get open like crazy. That hasn't really been Kyle Shanahan's bag. He's like, listen, if they don't run routes, it's I'm really simplifying things here, but if they don't run routes. It's fine. I'll scheme them open. Just let them be athletes in space and work from it, work it in, in from there. Debo Samuel, Brandon, Ayuk, George Kittle, probably going to play this week after missing the last two. What's up with those Iowa boys, man? Too, too injured, probably throwing up, throwing around too much corn and pigs or something, but uh, no, yep. It's a, uh, will be really interesting to see how that plays out, especially Kyle Shanahan, I guess a homecoming game for him. Yeah. I, I expect that he's, this one's going to be close to his heart and he's, I think he was a little upset that the Broncos didn't hire him for this last coaching hire or a couple coaching hires, I guess ago yeah. where he went with the 49ers. And uh, so he, he seems to be like one of those guys that takes things very personal. Yeah. Just listening to some of his interviews, but we'll, we'll kind of see on that, but you're right. They they've got some of the best athletes on the field. I'd put mm-hmm. Miami first because I mean, look at their guys. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're just crazy. But then the 49ers are right there. Pretty close. Like I said, Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, you know, they've always had running backs that are just lightning quick, can get down the field, score a touchdown through the run game. And, you know, they lost something, like you said, with Trey Lance earlier, because that was a great athlete. Uh, yeah. But so it's this is going to be a big one. Guys got to tackle. That's going to be yeah, one of the biggest God. keys to this game is is making those open field tackles. Uh, you know, that's why Damari Mathis, when we're talking about guys that we're, we're excited about from this last game, his open field tackle on Damon Pierce one of the best tackles of the game. I mean, it was, it was open field after Mathis and that guy had been running through people left and right. And so for him to make that kind of play again, that's what you're going to have to carry over to this week. Yeah, absolutely. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Absolutely. it's uh, That was a big play. Big-time play by the rookie there. Not a perfect game, but pretty darn good there for a fourth-round pick. Probably, would you say... You you did that. You did the day three show with me, right? It was you, mm-hmm. me, Lance, and my favorite pick of that draft. I feel like I got really excited about the Mathis one. Eric was more on the Wuzurike train, which I can't because he's Iowa State. But uh, we love the Mathis <laughs> one over here. Yeah. Uh, Chase Walner coming in, building the Bron- BTB handshake. Yes, we appreciate you, Chase. Thank you so much. Ernie Mays, Mr. Ride or Die, saying hello, Nick and Carl. Go Broncos. Let's ride. Big E's in the house, too, saying good evening, Nick and Carl. Albert Knoppers, hello, guys. We'll be here for a little while, but hopefully you're still here because we're saying hello now. Uh, Robert Caslow saying, what's up, Broncos Maniacs? Good to see you, Paul, the one and only Paul. Hello, Nick and Carl. Good to see you. 
And uh, we also got Mike S in the house with the Crimson Tide saying, what's up, Broncos country? Not too much, just chilling. It's always good to see you. David McElrath coming in. Good evening, Nick and Scott and Carl and Broncos country. Hashtag Mile High Huddle for life. We appreciate you. And Mile High Mike coming in and saying, the game against the 49ers will show us how either good or bad we are. If we play anything like we did the last two weeks, we are we will be blown out, hopefully, hoping for an improvement. Uh, what do you think here? Do you think the Broncos, if they play like they did the last two weeks, will be blown out? No, because, I mean, I think the defense can still hold them down. Jimmy G has never been really known for putting up big-time points. Like, they're good at running the field, winning the field position battle, getting the key plays when they need them. You know, the 49ers these last few years, it hasn't really been about blowing teams out. They win with great defense and a run game. Kind of what Fangio wanted to all those years that he was here. Uh, He just didn't have the play caller on offense and all those kind of things. There's a lot of reasons. but. but yeah, so I, I still think this will be a halfway low scoring game. You got yeah. two great defenses going up against each other. Uh, you still have Russell Wilson. He's still going to go out there and make a few plays for you. Uh, Cortland Sutton last week proved he's he's a really good wide receiver. Even when he's the only guy out there making plays, he's still finding ways to get open, make a play. Uh, that fourth down catch, I thought that was maybe Cortland Sutton's best play of the game. You know, it wasn't the best throw. It was kind of inside where you don't want it. And him just to go and get that thing, I, I don't know. I was really impressed with that one above some of his other big, big plays down the field. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the Broncos, even if they lose this one, it's still going to be a pretty close one. Yeah, I think the defense will keep him in it uh, unless they're just getting totally bullied up front, which, you know, we talked about, I think, DJ Jones. Do you see what DJ Jones's pro football focus grade was in this last game? Yeah, they had like him as like the 40? worst player on the field. I did not match the eyes uh, to me. Maybe they're mixing up 97 and uh, 99 and uh, 98, but uh, <laughs> I digress on that one. I find DJ Jones, Draymond Jones, uh, Randy Gregory and Bradley Chubb. That's pretty damn formidable front four there. Maybe the Broncos will mm-hmm. go with more of a uh, base look against 49ers. Maybe it'll be a five, one, five, one, five, or maybe four, two, six. We'll see what they decide to do there. It'll be an interesting game for Azura Evero. I know there's, there's Scott with the, uh, the friends joke in the background, uh, but yeah, hopefully for an improvement, Again, the Broncos, a lot of the issues of the Broncos so far have been self-inflicted. They're leaving a lot of points on the board, which a positive spin on that is it's that it's correctable. It makes it 20 times more frustrating. I mean, it's really upsetting to watch your team just get mauled. Uh, But like last year against the, what's the game that comes to mind for me? The Eagles Broncos were just repeatedly kicked in the groin by the Eagles on the defense and the offensive line. It's like, there's nothing we can do about this Mm -hmm. because we are just outmanned. Has not yep. been the case the last few weeks. It's the self-inflicted stuff. And so it's it's frustrating to watch when that happens. And uh, a big reason that Nathaniel Hackett is getting so much gruff right now. It's early for him. I'm not saying fire him, but he said he'd boo himself. So I uh, feel a little better about that. Greg Smith coming in with the burger, the sandwich, the pizza, the taco, and the, is that a salad bowl? The noodle bowl? I don't know. Either way, I'm hungry now. Thank you, Greg, for coming <laughs> in here. We appreciate you. Um, i Mike also saying, if Singleton's played, we are screwed. Singleton's been fine he's not great you're getting what you paid for there he's probably one of your weakest players on that defense but i think he is as long as the secondary behind him doesn't cave and make mistakes and have miscommunications errors you can mitigate his limitations Uh, i know that a lot of people get upset about crossers you know brandon cooks over the middle getting alex singleton guess what there are like three linebackers in football where you feel okay about them following a wide receiver over the middle of the field there's a reason it's zone coverage you got to be able to rally and tackle the football Sometimes they're going to call the right play against you. Um, if you're expecting your middle linebacker to line up against your a wide receiver in the NFL at all, 
forget the name, just wide receiver linebacker. You probably already lost the matchup. So um, don't want to harp too much on Singleton. I think he's a mediocre player, but uh, been adequate out there. And I think he's, he's much better than what the Broncos had last year in their backup uh, linebacker department. Yeah. I was going to say once Jewel went down last year, that defense just fell apart. At least this year, the defense isn't falling apart without Jewel. Uh, you know, you had Griffith, who was banged up. And like I said, he hasn't been playing a whole lot. I think Singleton played almost every defensive snap this last week. So it just shows yeah. if there's anybody that they trust in that linebacker group beyond Jewel right now, it might be Singleton more than Jonas Griffith. Yeah. And, you know, Jonas Griffith, I, I hope he improves as the season goes on because he's a great athlete and he's a great weapon to have on that defense when he's playing well. But right now, he's just he's not getting it quite yet. Swimming a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Dom out here, out there in New Mexico. Dom, good good to see you, buddy. Saying good evening, Nick, Carl, and Scott in Broncos country. Denver Broncos for life with the uh, the hearts, the three trophies, I can count, and the one horse. Let's ride. Thank you so much, Dom. It's good to see you. Uh, we got uh, Robert Caslow saying everyone call a win a failure is funny. Yeah, it is funny. Um, it's the margins of the NFL. Broncos were lucky to survive last week. Uh, last Like last week, if they... That what was the play where Cortland Sutton had the ball ripped from his hands. The only real bad play I can really fault him for uh, in that one. Tough, tough play to make, but still, you got to protect the football. And then the, yep. the Texans marched down and scored a touchdown. Might be talking about a different game there. So it's a game of inches, and the Broncos have been much more obviously talented than the two teams they've faced this year. And they're pretty close to being 0-2. So I think there's a reason to be a little bit, uh, a little frustrated there in that regard. But that's the NFL, baby. I mean... Sometimes it's really close and uh, those margins make a huge difference. And that's why coaching's so big, you know, the players on the field are probably their talent level is probably 90% of the outcome, but that coaching being 10% right now, that's an area the Broncos have lost the first two weeks. Um, And with matchups getting tougher, you can't just out talent teams to beat them. You're going to have to have that coaching step up. Right. I I think of, especially that play where, uh, well, it's not really a play. It was a delay of game where he's trying to decide, are we going to go for it? Are we going to kick the field goal? And last second, sent the field goal unit out there. And of course, it was the delay of game. That took three points off the board right there. You know, against the Texans, yeah, you can still go out there and win that game. Against the Chiefs, three points. Man, that, that, that could be the difference between victory and defeat. 49ers, that could be the difference between victory and defeat. You think about the Seahawks game, you know, that fumble at the one-yard line. The second one, Javante's. You know, maybe if he holds on to that, at least it's still just fourth down. Kick that field goal. Now you're two and oh. And uh, so sometimes, again, those quick little decisions, he's got to be quicker on making that for that fourth down. Are we going to go for it? Are we going to kick the field goal? Are we going to punt? What are we going to do? You can't take that delay right there. Yeah, no, absolutely. Man, we got some Virgil, uh, Jalen Virgil talking here from our guy, Nick D., uh, a lot of Virgil talk here. I think this might be Virgil, actually. Um, Nick D's just a, uh, what is that, a burner. But I know if Virgil doesn't play, it's probably because he's on maternity leave. What are you talking about there, Nick? I I don't know what's going on there. His hip has had some issues. Um, Virgil right now seems like a guy who, and I give you credit, he made the roster when I thought there was no way he would make it and be more likely on the practice squad. So credit to you there. I'm fine saying that. But uh, doesn't seem like he's somebody that's in the Broncos rotation right now. He's probably still a year away. But... Heck, man, I, if they're trotting out Kendall Hinton and Tyree Cleveland and Montreal Washington next week, why not play uh, Virgil? Maybe you got something there uh, because you are having some serious issues on the talent front outside of Cortland Sun, if that's the case. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I was going to say, if, if anybody for those deep passes, I'd love to see Montreal Washington get a couple of those. 
Um, yeah. He had that nice catch where it ended up being out of bounds, but he did get one foot in, you know? So again, game of inches, run that route just a little bit more inside so you can go make that kind of catch. But we got yeah. Phil coming in saying, Jimmy G does have a tendency to turn the ball over, especially under pressure. So how many mm-hmm. turnovers do we get? My guess too. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, nice thing is he didn't practice much this off season. We saw in this last game, he was a little bit up and down at times. I mean, he, he had some nice throws, but there was a few of them that you saw were off. So Maybe the Broncos are catching him just at the right time where, again, he's still got a little bit of rust going on and maybe sails a couple passes. And maybe this is where Caden Stearns kind of redeems himself. He didn't have the best game this last week, I would say, for his first start. Uh, maybe this is that week where, again, he goes out there, has that big game and proves, hey, this is why we wanted you to be the starter. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Yeah, no, we'll we'll see what happens here. I'm, I'm curious to see how the Broncos defensive line and offensive line matches up against the 49ers because gotta be honest i don't really respect the offensive line and defensive lines of the texans or the seahawks now they're not terrible uh terrible terrible at least we'll see, i guess we'll see how it plays out but this is definitely a step up but the 49ers offensive line they were beat pretty bad uh week one though so we'll see how that plays out trent williams had a pretty struggle uh pretty big struggle game and like we mentioned earlier the 49ers right now are down to jeff wilson uh jordan mason a college uh college undrafted free agent uh, and Marlon Mack as their running backs and George Kittle's not hundred percent. So it'll be an interesting game. No doubt. Jimmy Garoppolo, he's down for a few boneheaded plays a game as the Phil McLaughlin said here, Broncos got to capitalize. None of those ones where, you know, turn around, hit you square in the hands and you drop it or, you know, pick up. If there's a loose ball on the ground, you better scoop and try to score. Uh, not any of this, you know, just, you know, falling on your feet as soon as you pick it up kind of nonsense. Uh, so hopefully the Broncos take advantage of those opportunities. William coming in saying, if anyone gets a pick for the love of God, please run it to the end zone. Yeah, that would be, uh, that would be great. I'm hoping for a defensive line pick six. Those are always the most fun. Um, those are always great yeah. highlights. Uh, Garth Knight coming in $5 saying uh, with Nathaniel Hackett, the offensive coordinator, Peyton Manning and Russ Vine for play calling. It's beginning to seem like game of Thrones episode for which, uh, who makes the call. Yeah, Peyton Manning getting a call in there. I didn't know about that one, but uh yeah, it does seem like there's way too many cooks in the kitchen right now for the Broncos process of getting in, selecting the plays, getting in the plays, and calling the play, like snapping the ball. So if they're going to have to streamline that, 
you can kind of excuse it away week one. You know, it's the first week. Seattle is really crazy. They couldn't hear mm-hmm. at home against the Texans. And you're, you're still having issues. Nope. If it's an issue again this week, I'm expecting the boo birds to make a, uh, a strong chorus from the bleachers. Maybe coming from me. I, don't know. I've, I mean, <laughs> it's all the, at, at the game, but uh, yeah, it, it is. It is very frustrating to watch. Cause like you said earlier, Broncos are hurting themselves more than the other team beating them right now. And if they do that again this week, where they should be out playing the 49ers and show that they're a more talented team and yet they still find ways to lose those boos, they'll be deserved. I mean, I don't usually like to see you, you boo the home team or anything like that, but you know, I can't blame the crowd for, for being like that because we have a lot of big expectations for this season, but we got uh, Corey H coming in here with the $10 super. Thank you so much, Corey saying I use the eyeball test. Seahawks and Texans are two really bad teams. We struggled with both. Where does that leave us against good teams? That's why some of us are so down about this win. Yeah, it, it was. It was kind of a, a weird win. You just didn't feel quite right at the end of it. It's not one of those where I'm just sitting there going, oh, I can't wait to tell my wife about how the Broncos won the game. You know, she she got home from taking my kids to gymnastics and dance and all that fun fun stuff. And she's like, how'd the game go? I was like, eh, they kind of won. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. It just it didn't feel quite right because it just didn't feel like a win. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And we got Rodney coming in saying, uh, how many forced fumbles the Broncos have the last two games? I think it's three. four. F- I think it's more than that. I think Randy Gregory has three himself. Uh, so, and Bradley Chubb has I one. Think. Draymond has one. I think the Broncos are one for seven in picking up fumbles when the ball's on the ground from the offense or the defense, which is... yeah. Terrible odds. You'd expect that to normalize now. Don't bet on that normalizing because that's called the gambler fallacy. Uh, the ball dropping on the ground drops to 50-50 every time. But uh, over a long sample size, you'd expect that to start to normalize some. So a lot of forced fumbles, that's good. You want to start seeing a little bit more uh, interception chances as well. Uh, maybe you don't capitalize on that as much with Justin Simmons out and maybe Pat Sertan. I bet he's out this week, unfortunately, if I had to, if I had to guess. Uh, but we'll see what happens. But yeah, Broncos, a lot of forced fumbles and shout out to the, uh, the pass rushers. Uh, yeah. Jones, Chubb and, our, and Randy Gregory. Right. And our listeners, they said five so far this year. Okay. I'm five when the defense is out there, but also I'm including the Broncos putting it on the turf. So well, the yeah. Gordon right. and the uh, Javante Williams one. Right. Yep. There you go. Yeah. So uh, Carl, let's start getting into this a little bit. I'm going to let Scott peruse the chat here, but we're doing a stock report classic here for building the Broncos for a number of years here. And I'll give you the floor first. I'm a, I prefer it when we are a little bit more positive. So let's do three up and two down uh, for us each. So I'll give you the floor first stock up for a player for you from week one to week two, or from the beginning of the season to week two. Yeah, I'll, I'll go guy. I think he's been kind of an unsung hero so far this year in Cameron Fleming. Okay. You know, yeah. he, he did give up a sack this last week. It was a bad sack. He, he just, I don't know. He got confused with the snap count. I don't know what was going on. He just didn't get out of his stance quick, quick enough. But other than that, he really looked very, very solid for being a guy that's just kind of thrown into this lineup, picked up late in the off season. And now all of a sudden said, Hey, get in the starting lineup. Good luck out there. You know, I know he hasn't faced the best pass rushers by any means, but uh, the, I think the area that I've been most impressed with him that I didn't see last year when he started run blocking. Oh, he has good. been an outstanding run blocker. His ability to, to really get that edge set and give the running backs a chance to actually get to the outside. Uh, the Broncos haven't had that in a long time. And yeah. so, like I said, I 
I'm kind of almost torn. Like when Billy Turner comes back, do I really want to take Cameron Fleming out of the starting lineup? Because when he's looked this good, to me, I'm saying, hey, ride the hot hand. You say that, but he's gone up against Darnell Taylor and Jonathan Green Greenard, and now he's going to be up against Nick Bosa. So uh, could be a different story uh, coming up here. It's again, it's the, th- it's the sample size stuff. You know, Broncos off defense is off to a really hot start. Well, who's who have you gone against? Offensive line off to a solid start. Who have you gone against? So this we're going to be yep. figuring out these teams more and more as we gather more data, and not only the sample size getting bigger, but the the opponents you play. Uh, changing, normalizing, so you kind of get an overall more static sample. Uh, Andrew Baker coming in here with the support, the stars. Thank you so much, Andrew, saying, sup, Nick, Carl, Scott, and fam. We all know the playoffs is the mark this year and still think we can make that this season. Hashtag building the Broncos for life. Ooh, BTB for life. We like that. Uh, thank mm-hmm. you so much, Andrew. Uh, playoffs were the goal, of course, and Broncos are still on course for that. I think they're fourth placed in the league. Uh, if they would have gone 0-2, you can probably stick a fork in them. I don't think a team has made the playoffs at 0-2 out of the last two seasons. Your odds climbing out of that hole is very limited, unfortunately, but the Broncos sit at 1-1. One one. A lot of the AFC is 1-1 one one right now, so win this week, take care of business, just keep and get it together, survive. Survive week by week, you know, endure. And with the Broncos injuries right now, all the newness, uh, you'd hope that the the run game and the defense can lead them while you know jerry judy gets healthy the offensive kind of gets its work together and the defense also maybe a little bit more uh, takeaways coming up here but endure and survive i think those are the keys for these upcoming weeks yeah do you know who's the last team to make the playoffs after starting zero and two no idea the seattle seahawks hmm. well hashtag rust but the nfc north has uh changed a lot i think over the last uh few seasons uh unfortunately I guess for the Seattle fans, maybe not boo them, right? They booed us, but uh, we stock up here. I'm going to have a stock up as well. Now coming in here. Thank you, Andrew, very much for the support. We appreciate you. Uh, you said Cam Fleming. I'm going to go on the other side. I thought Gary Bowles had a hell of a game against Jerry Hughes. Jerry Hughes yep. had like what? Three sacks in the game against Indy. He was a wrecking ball. Now granted the Colts have had issues in the offensive line this year. You'd want to talk about a team that looks in disarray, disarray Colts and the Bengals starting off an 0 and two. Uh oh, that's the uh, that's the alarm horn for those teams. Broncos luckily enduring at one and one, but the Garrett Bulls had a hell of a game. I thought against Jerry Hughes, his run blocking when he came into the league, we always thought his run blocking would be better, and I haven't really seen him be that power at the point of attack. Maybe that's you know the transfer of Pac-12 to the NFL level football, but his pass protection I thought was really good, and he locked up Jerry Hughes uh, for the most part, and that's even with yeah. Russell Wilson looking a little less, or I guess a little more pocket bound than he had in previous seasons. So. I snuck up Garrett Bowles, man. He's had a good season. He's one of those guys where you think he's safe on this team right now, but with how his contract is set up, maybe he's one that could go either way. Like if he struggles this season, maybe the Broncos look to go cheaper at left tackle to use that money elsewhere. Or maybe if he plays well, they can move around that contract, push on some uh, money later on, increase the bonuses, uh, the upcoming seasons and uh, stick him or keep him around. But Garrett Bowles, I thought phenomenal gain deserved a shot. I haven't heard many people talk about him yet. And, uh, yeah really just a great player and really important for this Broncos team to continue having a solid offensive line this season. Yeah. Good choice. I like that. All right. Should we do a stock down here? Yes, we should. But first Garth Knight, $5 saying Nick, considering your luck, will you bet on the 49ers money line on behalf of us? I'm willing to contribute via whatever electronic payment form. Uh, My bad luck is that I am. It's not on the betting. It is games that I am attending live for the Denver Broncos. So I think that I must have used up all my good fan luck in 2011 because I was at uh, World Series Game 6 in 2011 where the Cardinals were down to their last strike twice and came back to win. And 
So I, I think I made a deal that day. I don't remember. I blacked out. Um, but uh, regardless, um, don't think that would help. But we appreciate the $5 super. And Eric's going to be there. And I think Eric actually has never seen the Broncos lose in person. Uh, don't quote me on that one. But I think that's the case. So uh, maybe you can keep that one going. Yeah, I've, I've only seen them lose once uh, in, in Denver, I should say. I've seen them lose mm-hmm. once in Kansas City. So I've and I think let's see, I've been to five games in Denver, if I remember right. So they're four and one when I've been there. And uh, then in Kansas City, they are two and one. Wow. When I've been there. So which I, I mean, that's actually pretty good for the Kansas really City good. games because yeah. they, they usually lose in Kansas City. So I got to be there for the Josh McDaniels, Todd Haley, non handshake, yelling, pointing game. That was pretty awesome. Uh, most of the Chiefs fans had left by the fourth quarter. So all of us Bronco fans came down to the bottom level at K- in the Arrowhead Stadium and uh, got to cheer on the Broncos. And oh, man, it was it was a lot of fun. But uh, anyway, yeah, so stock down. Um, I'll go Deshaun Williams. Yeah, I talked about him a little bit earlier. He has been that weak link on the defensive line so far. You know, he, he's I've heard he's got a little bit of a back problem going on. There's something with an injury. So I, I'm trying to give him a little bit of a pass with some of that. But hey, if you're on the field, you're expected to perform. And just seems like teams are really targeting him in the run game, saying this is the one guy that we can get past. And uh, so he, he's got to get himself going. Otherwise, the Broncos need to figure out something different with that defensive line. I thought uh, a guy that kind of redeemed himself a little bit this week was Mike Purcell. You know, mm-hmm. I thought he made a couple nice plays. So maybe you try to get him on the defensive line now. Just try to see what you can do with that. And because, uh, yeah, this week you can't have a weak link on that defensive line when it comes to the run game. Yeah, they will target you and go to the well multiple times. Uh, Mara Don Mara Donita 11 coming go. in saying uh, over on Twitch, shout out to our Twitch watchers saying, I feel like Russ is trying to change the plays that are coming in. I haven't seen that so much. You typically see the guy at the offensive line, you know, make a lot of changes, you know, yelling around or whatnot. I feel like they are like lining up with like five seconds left. Uh, it's not like Russ is like leading it right down there every single time. So maybe he is changing it or having a hard time uh, changing things from when he receives it to calling the play. Uh, but uh, it doesn't seem like it's, you know, running up and then, you know, audible into 10 different hot routes. Like you see, like a, somebody doing Madden or like Peyton Manning, you know, screaming a bunch of stuff, but definitely there is, there is a flaw. Uh, there is an inherent flaw in the system right now with how the plays are being relayed to being called and snapped that uh, needs to be fixed because it's unacceptable and it's continued to be an issue in two games. I I bet they've identified it as an issue by now. I would expect it to be cleaned up uh, this upcoming game. If not, the fans are going to let them know. Right. And and I would say it goes beyond rust though, because we've seen this where again, they're trying to make a decision. Do we punt it? Do we kick it? Do we go for it on fourth down? Like there's just a lot of indecision that's happening. I think he's just got so many voices speaking to him. And it's taken him a while to process all the information. And and I, I do think Hackett's a little overwhelmed right now. Yeah. You know, when you go from just being a play caller and all responsibilities and, you know, when everything goes bad, it all goes to your head coach. I think that's it, getting to him a little bit. You know, he, he's thinking, oh, man, if I mess up, everybody's going to be after me. I'm going, well, everybody's after you now, bud. <laughs> so yeah. it doesn't matter. You're, you're going to have to just make decisions and live with them. Yep. And that's just part of the job. If you can't handle it, then obviously you need to, you know, can't handle the heat, get out of the kitchen kind of thing. But I think he'll get there. It just, it is, it's a whole, it's a lot of, he's swimming. He's swimming hard right now. Yeah. 
Hundred uh, percent. Clayton Huron, one of our big supporters over on Facebook. Good to see you. Clayton says in game three, who do you guys want to really stand out? One player from offense and one player from defense. Uh, on offense, I want Russell Wilson to really stand out as a dominant player. Uh, four touchdowns, you know, maybe t- more touchdowns and incompletions. That'd be awesome. Uh, on defense, who can make the most impactful game? Uh, I'm going to go with Randy Gregory in this one. I think if Randy Gregory, you know, he's already had two or three forced fumbles uh this season too i think and yeah. uh he could have some more here really get after it and trent williams is still i mean he was an all pro last year i think he was one of the highest graded offensive tackles ever uh from last season for pff but uh, he didn't have the best week one and i'm hoping that chubb and or gregory and or browning uh, have a big game but right now i'm gonna ride the hot hand i think randy gregory has just been a joy to watch out there man he's the type of guy that i'd be in love with in the draft uh just so long twitchy bendy explosive strong i mean just tools for days yeah well i'm gonna go since i can i won't pick the same ones as you i'll go albert o on offense just to give the broncos a different playmaker other than Cortland sutton you know if jerry mm-hmm. judy's gonna be out if kj hamler is gonna be out somebody else in that receiving core has to step up and mm-hmm. i think albert o has that ability i mean he's big he's strong he's fast he can go make some great plays for this team he just hasn't quite done it yet this year and then on defense i'll, I'll go i want dj jones you know, going against his old team, this is I think this is gonna be a big one for him. Getting that chance yeah. to really show off of hey, you guys should have you should have paid me. Yeah. And uh let him go get a bunch of run stops and really disrupt that Kyle Shanahan offense. Yeah, absolutely. Uh stock down. Oh, we got Phil first coming into the stars saying uh, I think that's part of the problem. Russ doesn't get the play in time to even think about an audible. I know and I saw that Jeremy said the uh the Javante Williams play was an audible. I was at the game and I don't remember seeing him try to make a change to the line of scrimmage. I'll take your word for it. I remember Glasgow or somebody mentioned that as a thing, but I can say in the Houston game, didn't seem like there's a lot of time to a lot of hollering and whatnot at the line of scrimmage uh, to change the play in the, in the Peyton Manning sense. Uh, so yeah. something to watch for going forward. Broncos got to streamline it and figure it out. Uh, stock down for me. You mentioned him as a standout, but so far he stood out in the wrong way. Stock down. Albert Oquavenom as Rodney Garcia says, Albert Oquavenom has been a dis- disappointment so far. You guys don't forget. I mean, I forget him for this season, unfortunately, I think. But the Broncos used 75 overall on Greg Dulcich or 80 overall this season on Greg Dulcich. And he was drafted to probably replace Albert Okoyevinam. Okoyevinam, they've tried many times to uh, make him less part of the offense. And this last week, his snap count was down a lot. Uh, He had a few bad blocks and the third down. I know that it was short of the sticks and he might have been tackled immediately, but you got a chance to kick a field goal there if he catches that. Or uh, go for it on fourth down, and you still in a pretty good opportunity there. Drops one easy, and that's his. I mean, he's not a good blocker. He's limited in his route tree, and he's wide open. And you're dropping footballs now. I mean, like I said earlier, what is what is it exactly you do here? Uh, unfortunately, because yeah. he's a talented kid. Uh, but right now, stock down after two games, and I think maybe even trending uh, further down. Uh, hurry up, Greg Dulcich. Let's get you out there because right now we're not getting anything uh, from Okoyevanam. Yeah, he, he could find himself getting quite a few snaps when he does get back because, like I said, he just – if you're not getting anything from these other re- tight ends uh, – I mean, Sobert's been the the tight end for receiving. Yep, he, He's been that guy that's – at least this last game and the game Andrew Beck, before that, it maybe. was Andrew Beck. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, the game before that, it was Andrew Beck. Yeah, And so when you're not even being the thing that you're supposed to bring to the table, yeah, what, what good are you? And uh, so he, he's got – he's got to really prove himself out there. He's – probably in the coach's doghouse right now with some of those things, but uh, yeah. All right. Stock up. 
I said his name earlier. I'll go Damari Mathis. You know, for a rookie getting thrown in after seeing Patrick Sertan go down and the team, a lot of times they did leave him on an island. And they, they trusted him. And that, that's that's his strength, which I'm glad mm-hmm. that they're playing him to his strength. Saying we're going to trust you out there to be able to, to lock up one guy and do your job. And, and like I said, tackling-wise, I think he had four run stops in this game. So his ability to come down and help in the run game, that's huge. So if he's going to be able to, if he's going to be starting this week, that's going to be a huge plus for the Broncos with how much the 49ers love that, that stretch zone play. Like they want to get their guys to the edge. And so yeah. his ability to hold up and make those kind of tackles uh, could be be big for the Broncos. So, I, and he had the one bad coverage play where Cooks got wide open, should have been a open. touchdown. Yeah. But other than that, I felt like he really did pretty good blocking down his side of the field. Gave up a few catches. I mean, it wasn't perfect by any means. But again, for his first time really seeing significant snaps in a game that mattered for the NFL, pretty darn good for a rookie. Yeah, he did have a good game. I think the if he does start in this upcoming game, the 49ers are going to target him uh, because my stock up, and I'm kind of bouncing off of you here. We're going in pairs right now. Uh, Ronald Darby has been having oh, yeah. a hell of a season so far. I know a lot of people um, down on him and I still think, you know, Ronald Darby, when your opportunity comes and I, I didn't want to, you know, whisper this out into the universe, but I guess I will. Now you can't have those opportunities where the other team throws it right at you slip through your hands. Ronald Darby, I'm talking to you, buddy. Cause he not in his, not in his career, been uh, stone hands. I don't even remember Ike Taylor from the Steelers who was just in a really good corner for them, but he, man, how many plays just went through his hands or hit him in the face mask when he turned around and just be like that. Um, not to disparage Darby because he's a stock up right now. He's been great out there. Uh, really good in this scheme. Been staying healthy so far, knock on wood. And it's a really unfortunate that Sertan is out because Sertan, you know, taking up, you know, one side of the field with Darby on the other made it pretty damn hard uh, for other teams to move the football. You could be a little bit more aggressive with your safeties. You could be more aggressive with Kawan Williams out there at the uh, nickel spot. Without Sertan, it's going to be a little bit tougher. Uh, but Darby has been a great uh, cornerback so far. One of the better cornerback two seasons we've had from this Broncos team since the Legion of boom so far through, through two games. We'll see how it continues here, but Darby's been awesome and uh, he deserves to get his flowers here. Yeah. He, I think he only allowed one catch in this last game. If I remember right. So yeah. he was, yeah. Shut down. He's a, if Patrick Sertan is down for the, for this game. Yeah. I feel pretty good about Darby being a number one, even against these 49ers receivers who are great. Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. They're just, they're just so big compared to him. He's a little bit more yeah. smally, twi- small twitchy where Ayuk and Debo are built like running backs. You know, right. so that's sorry to cut you off. It's just like, that scares me a little bit, your size and your physicality. A little bit. And and I think Demari Mathis, I think it's going to be fun to see him with his physicality match up against these receivers. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I hope he doesn't get too aggressive and, kind of get into that fighting, the hand fighting as he goes down the field and gets some of those bad penalties. But uh, yeah, I, I still feel pretty good about that cornerback room, even without Patrick Sertan right now, just because of seeing Mathis step up. But uh, all right, stock down again. I'm going to go Lloyd Cushenberry. Yeah. I thought as a pass protector, did pretty darn good. Really, yeah. the whole entire offensive line as a pass protecting unit did great. Yes. Yeah, I yeah, sorry. No what what did I say? Them. Did I say Legion Legion boom? boom? Yeah, it's too much Seattle water in my this, the smoke from the wildfires uh, getting to me. Of course, I meant the <laughs> no fly zone. Thanks for calling me out on that. Yeah, you need to be called out on that one, man. Oh, but uh, but yeah, like I said, pass protecting they did really darn good in this last game. Some of the best pre- pass protection I've seen in a game from the Broncos in a long time. Now, like I said, 
It was the Texans. They're not great. But then as a run blocker, these last two games, Cushenberry has been a huge weak link for the Broncos in that department. Getting pushed back. You know, if he's if he's asked to do a one-on-one block, he can't do it. I think about half the run stops that I've seen from this season so far is because Cushenberry's not getting that push. Or he he's getting pushed straight back into the running back and closing off all kinds of lanes. So um, he's got to step up. Broncos need him to become at least at least an average run blocker. Like if he could just be average, I could be okay with it. But right now, I view him as one of the bottom five run blocking centers in football. Yeah. And maybe that's one of the reasons the Broncos have been so skeptical of running the ball from those short yardage situations or running it up the gut. I mean, not only is it the red zone, it's the trick plays to Andrew Beck out wide. If you trust your interior offensive line, I mean, again, everyone drank, but coming back to Iowa, Broncos would just line up to center and just bury it in the center's butt because they had Tyler Linderbaum getting five yards after the snap, just pushing the guys forward. And Cushenberry is not that guy. Dalton Reisner's not that guy. Uh, Graham Glasgow, not that guy. So uh, that's another one here. And um, a stock down for me on this one is probably I was having a hard time uh, going back and forth on this one. I think I'm going to go with a little bit more controversial take on this one. Uh, maybe Russell Wilson slightly for me uh, struggled a bit okay. in this game. I know you're going to get, he deserves benefits of the doubt with the, uh, the weapons going down like he did, but not his best game. And I know there was drops, et cetera, et cetera, but not executing in the red zone, uh, not getting it done there. And then also the thing that's really concerning to me, part of what Russell, what makes Russell Wilson great was his magicianship, if you will, outside of structure and as a playmaker. And what does he have through two games? Like five rushing yards. I feel like defensive linemen have been closing on him faster than ever. He just doesn't look like he's scooting uh, like as much as he used to out there. So, Again, I have very high standards for Russell Wilson coming into the season. I still think he's great, but I'm putting him down from a you know top five quarterback to maybe pushing more to that top 10 quarterback after these first two games. Now it's just two games, and I will say it right now, I'm overreacting. Maybe I'm leaning into this just to have a little bit of a talking point here as well because it's, uh, it's a little bit concerning to me right now, and I don't know how much you listen to the Athletic Football Podcast. Really appreciate what they do out there. Really good uh, covering football. The... After week one, uh, Robert Mays and Nate Tice, uh, son of Tice, who is the Mike Tice head coach there for a number of years, offensive line coach as well, talked about Russell Wilson. Like, what is Russell Wilson without his athleticism? He's just Baker Mayfield. Now, that's upsetting uh, to hear that. I hope that's wrong, but uh, I, I need to see a little bit more of dynamic ability with Russell Wilson. I want, I know it's a marathon, not a race, but uh, just not seeing that right now with him. He just doesn't seem twitchy. I don't need him to run, but I need him to be able to extend plays and get out. And right now, guys yeah. are closing in on him like I haven't seen before. Yeah, I wouldn't call him Baker Mayfield. I no, mean, he, they did. Let's... Yeah, I know they did. But because <laughs> Baker Mayfield, he th- does a lot of bonehead throws. I mean, yeah. he's up and down on his turnovers. Where Russ has been very consistent. Like he, he throws, he throws to an open guy or throws to an open spot. It, it's not usually going to be picked off. This last game with his interception, not really. It was kind of his fault for throwing into triple coverage. Yeah but he threw it to the right spot. Like his yep. receiver got two hands on the ball and then the defender just happened to roll over and take the ball away from the receiver. You know, that's just a fluke play. I don't really put that one quite on Wilson. Like I said, it's more of a bad decision than a bad throw. And, yeah. uh, and so, yeah, I'm kind of wondering a little bit. I, I'm not saying this is all of it, yeah. but new system, new playmakers, all those kind of things. Sometimes when you're processing slow, you move slow. Mm-hmm. Like I remember, I hate bringing up this name, but Paxton Lynch 
coming out of college. <laughs> one of his one of his good things that everybody was talking about is this guy's big, he's athletic. If play breaks down, he can run, right? Like he wasn't the fastest guy by any means, but he's powerful, he can run a little bit. You can rely on that. Well, he gets to the NFL and the guy looks like he's Joe Flacco trying to run. Like he just looks so slow because he's processing so slow that by the time he's making that decision to take off running, guys have already closed on him and he doesn't have that ability just to be quick and get out of there. And so I kind of wonder a little bit if once the processing speeds up for everybody, if you start seeing a little bit more athleticism from Russell Wilson, he'll never be what he was five years ago. Yeah, It's just not the way the body works. You know, yet I think it's 27 is the peak athletic ability for uh, the body. You know, for me, it's 36 right here. But, uh, but yeah, so athleticism is not going to be it. I I am happy though. One thing that I've noticed with Russell Wilson is he's willing to take a few more check downs than he has in the past. You know, that first game, your number one wide receiver in the game is a running back. He's working with the tight ends, something he didn't do with Seattle a whole lot. And so he's making a few different decisions than he was when he was with the Seahawks. I'm not saying that he's perfect by any means. He still missed some open guys, some open opportunities. But you're at least seeing a few different decisions that he hasn't made in the past. Yeah. And again, I said that to have this conversation right now because I feel like it's one that we need to have. You know, the Broncos paid him before seeing him here. And, you know, the Seahawks thought that they were, you know, setting a whoopee cushion for the Broncos. So I don't think it's going to play out that way. I think he's still going to be a very good franchise quarterback uh, for the foreseeable future. But if Russell Wilson has lost some of his twitch and his giddy up, uh, then you got to do it. And uh, we got keep it real saying, Nick, you be having some boneheaded takes as well. It's very true. Um, <laughs> multiple there, boneheaded takes for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, no, definitely want to see uh, how it plays out. And again, stock was way up here. It's it dipped a bit uh, for me these last two weeks, but we can make a lot of excuses and we're really going to find out as the season progresses here for him. I mean, right. stock would have been down from Peyton Manning, his first two starts as well. So, uh, Oh, he's talking about Nick D well, my middle name oh. <laughs> is D as well. So uh, that's okay. Ooh, um, but uh, yeah, look out. Actually, I am. I'm working over here. I'm I I am Jalen Virgil as Nick D as Nick Kendall. But um, stock up here, Carl. We got to get through one more player here uh, before we wrap up this episode. Uh, and floor is yours. Yeah, I'll, I mean, he's an obvious one, but Cortland Sutton, mm-hmm. you know, for being the only playmaker out there, the guy was still making plays, found mm-hmm. ways to get open. Uh, caught pretty much everything thrown his way other than that one. But like I said, it was triple coverage, took a big hit. Yeah, I, I was really shocked that he got up from that one. I, I was like, ah, oh, crap, his season's done. And then he all of a sudden there. he popped back up and I was like, yeah. oh, okay. Because I, I don't know what this offense would have done with if he went down and Judy and you're missing Hambler and Tim Patrick. I mean, if you're missing your top four wide receivers, like, I'm sorry, this offense is going to struggle this year. So thankfully, at least three of the four should be back at some point this season. But uh, yeah, for Cortland Sutton to step up the way he did, make the tough catches, like I said, that fourth down catch, guy right on his back, boom, strong hands, makes the catch. Um, You know, the third and 16 play does a great double move to get himself open, confused Stingley out there. Again, just really love his game. I really think that this is going to be a huge season for him. And you're going to start seeing some of these people go, okay, it was the quarterback. Like this guy really is a, a top 12 kind of wide receiver in the NFL. He just needed a quarterback that can actually get it to him. And he looks healthy again, which is really great to see. Uh, just so many things that made me feel very positive about his future with this team. 
Yeah, no, that's a good one. Uh, I was going to go Sutton because, man, what a game from him. Man, if he'd come down with that touchdown, oh, so close. Yeah. But when Judy went down, he became the number one, number two, number three in the passing offense. And they were not using the running backs like they were in week one either. So uh, Sutton really answered the call there and looked like a wide receiver one for the first time since week two, two years ago uh, before he yeah. suffered his uh, ACL injury in Pittsburgh. So uh, really happy to see Sutton do that. Uh, stock up for me. Another game here. I, I think we would be mistaken not to hype this guy up some. Randy Gregory has been a freaking menace out there wearing number five and kind of hinted on it earlier. Maybe I'm a little bit biased, uh, but the type of players that are built like him, move like him, bend like him, launch like him. I mean, that's I'd be if he was in the draft, I'd be screaming about Randy Gregory because you know how I am with those height, weight, speed freaks on the defensive line. Yep. Uh, but uh, he's been awesome. Two forced fumbles already, two or three forced fumbles getting after the quarterback. A lot of pressures. His snap count is uh, racketing up as well as the season goes on. I mean, I know that Broncos country misses Von Miller. I have a Von Miller pop funk or whatever the heck those things are called behind me there. I mean, I love Von Miller. I got a Super Bowl jersey from him. That's my dude. But Randy Gregory, I don't think the Broncos made a, oh my God, they're so stupid mistake getting Randy Gregory instead of Von Miller because Randy Gregory has looked so good and the contract still is really positive as well. Got to stay healthy. Want to see what it looks like over the course of the season, but he just keeps answering and uh, I've been really impressed with him. Broncos defensive edge rusher had to be one of the biggest questions coming into the season, given what they had. And edge might even through two weeks. Am I crazy for saying this edge is the best position the Broncos have fielded so far. You could argue offensive line, the interior offensive line. I just don't think they've been doing a good enough job. I would argue running back maybe compared to that, but yeah. I digress. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm, I'm just trying to give other options. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know. But I, I, I probably actually agree with you. Edge has been the best because it, it just, they're making plays. Uh, we haven't even talked about Browning and some of his yeah. spin moves there in the middle. I mean, he, he's looked like a yeah. great playmaker for him. So um, I, I feel really good about that unit moving forward. And like I said, Randy Gregory, I did not expect him to look this good early in the season. Coming back yeah. from injury, his shoulder or his, his surgery that he had, I thought it would take four or five weeks before we'd start really seeing what he brought to the table. So for him to already be bringing that to the table, you know, it just, it spells good things moving forward and teams are going to have to start figuring out what are we going to do with these edge guys? Plus Draymond's been having a great season too. Like he's been sneaky good. I think he had two sacks this last game and had, uh, I think he had the, the forced fumble in the first game or something like that. Um, so again, he just, he's making plays. So good luck to anybody trying to stop all of these guys. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, coming in here from, uh, Garth Knight saying, gentlemen, who is the quickest fired NFL coach in history, uh, trying to get co-ed's genes at the Ohio steakhouse. Oh, uh, yeah. Thank you so much. Sorry about that, Scott. I was looking it up as I saw that. Um, but, uh, it's when I looked it up, it said Bill Belichick, zero games one day, some weird stuff with the, uh, the jets and the fact that he was still under contract with the, uh, so the Patriots then traded a 2000 first round pick to the jets to acquire him later on. So I, I don't know. Um, seems like the Jets are an option there, but uh, it's not going to be Hackett. He's going to get the full year. He will not be on that list. Yeah. I guess the guy that he wasn't fired, um, but uh, one of the best college coaches of all time who quit on the Miami Dolphins there. Yeah, but, that's true. Yeah, he know. wasn't fired. He just quit. Urban Meyer got to be up there as well, right? <laughs> God, he just, yeah. Woof. Um, but so last year, so uh, 
thank you so much for the five dollar uh we appreciate that and speaking on that we're at an hour so we got to get on out of here uh we appreciate you guys make sure you're following following carl on twitter at carl dumbler mhh and myself at nick kendall mhh as well uh also make sure you're following us at btb football pod and of course at mile high huddle if you haven't done so yet join our facebook community at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod and as the ticker says underneath there over on youtube please subscribe like and share to our show uh we appreciate you guys very much if you do that also click the bell notification so that way you know when we go live because sometimes you know we're five minutes late sometimes we're five minutes early it's happened before once or twice so uh make sure you click that bell icon so that way you know when we go live Carl, what's the rest of your night looking like? I think I'm going to head to the gym. Oh, my goodness. I know I usually say I'm going for a run, but I think tonight's a gym night. Just, I don't know. just feels like that for me. So I want to go, go, I don't know. I think I'm going to do chest and bicep tonight. What about you? I am going to be on dinner duty tonight and then try to figure out what I'm doing for backpacking this weekend because there's a smoke a fire nearby and that might uh, smoke us out of our original route. So uh, we'll see. It's not that I'm not, I'm not afraid of, the fire getting us as far enough away it's contained but if mm-hmm. the air quality index is over 100 probably not ideal for you know 13 miles 4,000 feet elevation gain carrying 50 pound pack so we'll see um but uh thank you guys so much we appreciate you uh we're gonna get on out of here uh make sure you're following us on twitter thanks to scott working the background there and make sure you guys are checking out my bookie using our code wilson 22 but until then make sure you guys are choosing kindness and choosing compassion go broncos You've been listening to Building the Broncos. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.